Support for our show comes solely from listeners like yourself. If you like what we're doing, help us by sharing the pod on social media and leaving us a five-star review, whether it's on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or Audible. Thanks again for listening, and without further ado, let's start the show. Hi, I'm Brennan Pickett. And I'm Ramsey Aziz. And right now, we're at the rally to defend public educators. And today, it is April 1st, 12 21 p.m. And we're out here doing interviews with a couple of locals, educators, uh, trying to gain their perspectives on what's going on with education, what's going on with the policies that are being approved by Tallahassee, by Ron DeSantis. And we're trying to determine what are we to do about it. Hey guys, welcome back to PCTA's Fire Podcast. I'm Brennan Pickett. I'm the FBA Director and Fire Co-Chair here at PCTA. I'm Philip Del Castro, Fire Co-Chair at PCTA as well. I'm Ramsey Aziz. I teach psychology, anthropology, Euro history, and humanities. And I'm Stephanie Wazal. I'm just teaching math. So in case you didn't hear, there was quite the gathering of educators down in St. Petersburg recently. And we're here to give commentary on the rally for public educators. We started at the City Hall building and we ended up at the Tolmason building. Ramsey, what was this protest about? So basically, education is being attacked constantly by Tallahassee, by Ron DeSantis in the state of Florida. This is part of a series of rallies that are taking place today for the defense of the educator and for education in the state. There's protests taking place in Miami. There was a protest here in Pinellas that we were at. People were coming out in defense of education. Now, was it successful? Up to debate. But we did have some interesting conversations with a couple of the locals who were there including a university professor, a retired teacher, a current teacher who's now near the retirement age, as well as a first-year teacher. We wanted to basically give a review or their thoughts while we were all walking this protest or engaging in this protest. So I think it's good to start off with, who are these professors that you're talking about? So there's these two professors. I remember seeing him at the yes. school board. School board he's yes. a persistent yeah. supporter. They're both allies. He is. He's a persistent supporter. He was actually at the school board meeting with us mm-hmm. um, in February. They're speaking about the banned books. Thomas Halleck, professor of English at the University of South Florida, St. Petersburg. These opinions represent my opinion and not those of my employer. I am a professor of English. I am in the same boat, the same profession. I do the same job as everyone from K through doctoral programs. And I think it's important that we show solidarity, that we show common strength. Also, it's a personal issue that many of the working teachers in Pinellas County are my former students. I am a teacher of teachers, and I would be betraying my trust if I didn't have their backs right now. We asked Tom a couple of questions really about his thoughts on what's going on, why did he come out to the protest, as well as how does he feel that this attack on education is going to end up affecting students in the university. What's going to happen to professors? Are professors going to be leaving the state? Are academics going to be leaving the state? If you want a successful sports team, what you do is you train your players, and then if you're the coach, you let them play. If you want outstanding education, you train your teachers, and then you trust them to do their job. And 
you know, he gave us various uh, responses as well as... Um, Julie Armstrong, I'm a professor of English at University of South Florida. Uh, my opinions are my own, not my employers. And I don't want to speak too much for them because mm -hmm. uh, both of them, Tom and Julie, I, I know for a fact they lived in New York and Julie's from Alabama. You had asked Julie the question about would you leave Florida? And she was talking more about how she wouldn't right now. But it was a thought in her mind, you know, that she had been considering it. Yes. <laughs> Uh, I have thought about leaving Florida. I will actually be retiring in another three to five years, so I am going to stick it out. You know, it's very hard to work under these circumstances, and I can't imagine someone coming fresh out of graduate school wanting to take a position in a Florida university where they know that tenure is under attack, the unions are under attack, their intellectual freedom is under attack. And one, you know, one always faces that decision when you're in uh, troubling times, are you going to leave or are you going to stay and fight? And for right now, I'm choosing to stay and fight, although I have to say that it has crossed my mind. I would love to go someplace where I didn't have to, I could just do my job without having to think about all these extraneous culture wars of politicians. They're still going to fight, you know, they're still going to remain in the state and keep fighting against the current tide against educators and education. But this is a thought that is affecting all educators. Bel Castro over here, he's considering leaving the state in pursuit of better pastures because of the current onslaught taking place in the uh, in the state with reference to uh, education. I, I will clarify with that as well, though, that I <laughs> better pastures. I have the I have the privilege of doing that because I, I don't have roots here. I'm not from here. I don't have a family. I don't own anything here. So for me to just say goodbye, like this is inconvenient for me. I'm just leaving. It's unfortunate. I mean, but it is easy, much easier for me to do than like a tenured professor. Yeah. And we also moved on and talked to some retired teachers. Yes. Okay. Jana Maples, 37 year teacher in Pinellas County, now retired. One individual, a retired teacher. She was a phenomenal speaker. Uh, we, we were walking and talking as we were walking to this other building. The Tolmason building. I'm new to St. Pete, Can so you know. tell us why that building is important, why we went yes. there? Yes. Let's hear the story. The Tolmason building was, well, originally a junior high school, and then it slowly evolved into an adult ed center. And then it recently closed down for good. The district was going to make it into affordable housing for teachers. Which is an outstanding idea. That would be phenomenal because the rents are going up exponentially right. now is that what's is that the plan they're following through with do we know that and that's the thing i've been hearing this from more and more people i don't think they're going to follow through that plan right because at the rally they kept saying that this building is now going to become luxury housing yeah. which i don't i don't disbelieve but that was the first time i'd heard it yes and it was pointed out um to us from some of the retired teachers i think you were speaking to earlier yeah. that right around the corner from the tomlinson building is a different school that was converted into luxury housing yeah and when you look at it, you're like oh yeah that is definitely a school that obviously used to be a school and now tomlinson building also but I remember when they announced this this RFP request for proposal to for somebody to turn Tomlinson into affordable housing for teachers. I mean, it was a cool idea. I wasn't super excited. I'm sure they were going to give us what at most 20 units that 
I mean, it was going to have a waiting list years long, yeah. I'm sure. So yeah. it was, it's too I little, was good, too late. Well, at least. Yeah. So to hear now that, um, actually, no, cancel that plans. We're making luxury housing. I was like, oh, no, I didn't hear that. Mm. Yeah. So it's, a, it. it's a real tragedy that St. Pete already has a bunch of luxury housing and more growing every single day. St. Pete is becoming Miami, literally. Yeah. It's really hard now as a first year teacher because you're giving up money. You're giving up your dignity, and you can't always do what you know is the right thing to do, and that's hard to swallow. Well, I want to see this area to grow into some innovation and actually say, we value teachers. We want to have you here. We may not have an answer to your salary problems, but we will make affordable for you to be in in our community. Mm -hmm. That would be a strong signal. So talking about this retired teacher, I thought she was pretty interesting actually because she had started teaching in 1970. Yeah, the work that she did and her contemporaries did during that time period, they're the reason why we have some of the conditions we have today. Bathroom passes, uh, we have uh, planning periods and whatnot. So the work of these retired teachers are important. And the fact that she's coming out you know, and still supporting teachers today. I thought that was like really inspirational in a sense. With the retired teachers in mind of them talking about their experiences and how, yes, they are the ones who got us duty-free lunches. They're the ones who got us bathroom breaks. That came from the past. Mm -hmm. And I think they were talking about how for the past 20 years, they've been seen as attack from Tallahassee and they're here to support us. Yeah, no, and we really appreciate that they came out to support us. Uh, as a teacher, we've been fighting this since I started in 1970, and this is the worst year ever. Union busting finally happened. They've been trying to do it for 20 years, but now it's happening. They're taking away the children's rights. They're taking away teacher dignity, and it's not helping Florida become a better state. You are listening to PCTA's Fire Podcast. I'm here today with Philip El Castro, Ramsey Aziz, and Stephanie Rizel. And we're here today talking about the rally happening in St. Petersburg over at City Hall. And we marched all the way to the Tomlinson Building to talk about many different things, such as affordable housing, the Tallahassee legislature, and the effects it is having on the union and our children. Going off what they were talking about, I think it's good to mention and transition to the art teacher here and talk about what unions do. My name is Dwayne Shepherd. I teach at Osceola Middle School, and I've been there for 20 years. I love my job. I am a professional artist, so I do teach my passion, but they are definitely making it much, much harder for us. Yeah, if we're thinking of the art teacher, and we're thinking of the referendum money, a yep. lot of teachers take for granted the referendum money and what SB 256 and what House Bill 1 will be achieving by defunding schools, by getting rid of the unions, right? It will be hurting Pinellas County because it'll be harming the union's ability to advocate for these referendum bills that fund teaching, that give us a salary boost, that give art students these supplies, the field trips. In this case, the teacher we are talking to, he says himself, that money that we get from the referendum, that's what allows for the arts to be in the classroom. That's what allows for his job to exist. I believe if it weren't for the union, the referendum would have never happened. I mean, that referendum pays for art, field trips, 
classroom library books, sketchbooks, technology equipment, subs for when we take kids on a field trip. It has helped and benefited us so much. All that is because of the referendum, and that's just what it does for the arts. It also increases every teacher's paycheck about $5,000. Those teachers that aren't members of the union are still benefiting from this. The union has been very, very important, and I can't imagine being a teacher without a teacher union. The attack going against teachers, that's only hurting the student. He's passionate about his job. He's an artist. He's a professional artist. He does not need to be in the classroom. And he feels that now that retirement is coming soon, he's ready to retire because of the fact that this attack is so debilitating to the profession. I thought it was really cool while we were there. We did see a couple of people in postal workers uh, oh, yeah. union shirts. Support from other unions. Yeah, which is something that has been like a big part of my own mm -hmm. agenda through PCTA and this part of this podcast. To have postal workers come out, more public employees, to have retired teachers come out for us. It is kind of peeling back the curtain more, more so. Somebody said, so the school district now has sold off the Tomlinson building and they've sold off this other building. And they mentioned like another building and the school district is selling off all of these, these properties to these high powered real estate developers. Where is that money going? Interesting and, question. I mean, we all know it's not going to salaries. And I mean, I mm -hmm. guess we can speculate it's going to online programs. It's going to iPads and, and, and laptops and all this. Other stuff. But I'm we not that optimistic. We actually have no idea. I mean, and this mm -hmm. is something that we have said before. I don't, know, I don't know if it's landed on the podcast, but I think something that we can agree on with most likely along with Mothers for Liberty is that we would like to see the books, please. Can you open up those books and show us itemized like where all these things from the budget are going? Because it's hurting us in such a such a prolific way that people are never getting started in the profession and they're leaving. And unfortunately, with the disappearance and decertification of unions, we will not have the ability and the right to see these books. See, people don't understand that collective bargaining means that we do actually open up these books and we look at it as a union, as a yes. collective, a collective yeah. bargaining, right? You have the rights to look at the yeah. books. And we look at this stuff and we say, this is where we should be cutting. This is where we should be adding, right? I want to see the ledger. I mean, th I mean, mm -hmm. that's my own personal thing. If I ever sat in on a bargaining meeting, which I don't know if will ever happen, I want to see an, an Excel sh spreadsheet with the ledger because I'm very curious as to where all this money is going. Going. And I, I, I'm not attacking AVID. I know that was one of the things at the last school board meeting. I don't think $200,000 is the problem. I want to know where the millions of dollars in property that they've sold is going. I want to know where the, the, the millions of dollars are being spent on these online programs that are just sitting and clever, getting underused. I want to know where that money is going. And thanks to Bills Like 256, it's yeah. not going to be possible. Mm -hmm. Not going to be possible. It's all part of the plan to have public schools just crumble in on itself. Mm -hmm. And that's why we're seeing these other public workers coming out in support for us right. because this is greater than just teachers. This is, is this is about all public employees, um, except for the cops. Don't forget the firefighters. Right. They're excluded, mm. of course. We, we, but we mentioned that many times. Well, we, uh, we also yeah. just heard that one of the Republicans who was like a co-sponsor of the bill actually backed out and voted against it, I think, because he did not realize that the bill included public transit workers. He, for some reason, forgot that those were public employees. We'll never forget that the actual sponsor of the bill said he's just trying to help teachers reach 60%. That's why he's getting this mm. bill out. Is he wants to help us get that 60%. I don't know how that works. What about the EMT workers? What did we hear They're about excluded. them? They're well, no, excluded. actually, they are. Yeah. They're, they're, they're included, included as well. Yeah. Yeah. The only one excluded are firefighters police and, and police. Fighters. Correctional so officers. They we can like do it about yeah. teachers and EMTs. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're dumb and dying, 
uh, too late. <laughs> and this all kind of culminated towards our first year teacher we interviewed. And funny enough about this guy, I actually met him at Publix months ago. I was I was getting groceries. Oh, yeah. I was wearing an AFT shirt, and this guy approaches me. He's like, "Hey, man, thanks for putting up the fight. Thanks for supporting education." I was like. Thanks, dude. Who are you? Nicholas Esposito, Tyrone Middle School. I was at the rally with yeah. Aziz here, and he approached me. He was like, hey, didn't I see you at Publix? You were yeah. that guy. He's that guy. Yeah. He had a phenomenal hat, too. He had a nice summer hat, very 1920s style. He's a very intriguing <laughs> fellow. Uh, also a first-year teacher, a history teacher at that. So I relate with him heavily as a fellow first-year teacher, history teacher. And we were asking him a couple of questions, you know, the same old why did you come out here? What are your thoughts on everything that's going on? And I really wanted to get to know, like, hey, like, when you first came into the classroom, what was that experience like? You know, because for me, it was like a terrifying experience. Walking in, they just gave me my keys and I kind of went in the classroom, didn't know what I was going to do. It's definitely been a learning experience. I've adjusted very well. Education, in my very limited experience, has been an incredibly gratifying job. Long nights, sure, long days, yes, but in general, a very gratifying job. And it pays, it pays well enough for what it, for, eh. Well, I live with my parents right now, so as far in terms of like it spreading out and covering rent and that sort of thing, the pay could probably be a whole lot better. And, you know, he was telling us about how in Tyrone Middle, the union doesn't exist, basically. You know, they don't have the people. And so that school has its issues. But him telling me this, I was thinking, if I was a first year teacher and I didn't have that, the type of support I have here, the camaraderie that we have with our particular group at our school, I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't have made it to the end of the year like I am right now. And God, power to this guy because he had the opportunity to become the rep at that school. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because there's just nothing there. And he, pretty much almost stepped up to the mantle here and he was going to become the union rep of Tyrone Middle School. So what I, happened? Why didn't he become rep? I think I think what it is is that because he's first year and he's probationary, he's like not making any noise. That's what it was. Oh. You know, yep. then That's our conversation, he said, he said like he's not going to try to make noise. He joined the union in order to protect himself. You know, as, as a fellow probationary teacher, they can kick us out of our room at any moment if they don't like us or if something goes awry. Or let's say like your friend a couple months ago who, because they weren't in the union, they one day just said, hey, pack your bags. Absolutely. And the first thing I tell them to do is join a, join a labor union, even if it's your first year. In fact, especially when it's your first year, that's when you need the protections. That's when you need somebody in your corner. I think for the listeners, it's important to realize there's three types of teachers right mm -hmm. now. There is a tenured teacher who is, you can't mess with them. They're sticking untouchable. around. They're untouchable. They're the ones that are sticking around. There are annual contracts, so at the end of the year, they can be told to go somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And then there are probationary teachers, which are your first-year teachers because of such high turnover. You have teachers coming in and out of the classroom. Those are the teachers you can tell literally at any moment during the school year, this isn't the right fit for you. It's time to leave. And Ramsey was talking about a friend of mine who was at a different school who had called me, thought they were in the union, and not saying the union would actually protect them in this case because they are a probationary contract. That is, that is a law, but they were let go. A math teacher yeah. in, a, in a crisis where we need math teachers. This person. There's was no math teachers. There's no oh, yeah. English teachers. They were told this. All right. So yeah, we don't we we don't think it's the right fit for you. And it's in in their case, it was just a classroom management thing. Yeah. 
So mm-hmm. really, it was just administration not stepping up and helping this teacher be successful. Exactly. A first-year teacher, mind you. Right. Mm-hmm. If any first-year teacher wants to come here and tell me they have great classroom management, I'm going to slap them across the face. I can tell you, I do not have great classroom management <laughs> because my classrooms, the AP classes, they're easy. I can just lay down the law and it's cool. My freshmen, gods. I there's I don't know what to do with them sometimes. But that's also me with like learning about them, learning yeah. with them, and trying to figure out so then that way next year I can lay down the law in my freshman classes as well. You are listening to PCTA's Fire Podcast. I'm Brennan Pickett here with Philip Belcastro, Ramsey Aziz, and Stephanie Rizel talking about the protests that happened over in St. Petersburg on April 1st. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to kind of talk as a collective here was this successful? We're all stakeholders mm-hmm. in this union, and I want I want you to kind of think and give me your honest opinion. Was your time utilized effectively? I've never been a protest person, mainly because I come from Miami. I've seen terrible things happen at protests, so I typically don't like to get myself involved in these sorts of things. I went to this protest particularly because I was doing the interviews and because I thought of the greater picture overall, not just to hold a sign. I think protests typically are performative they get people excited people are you know they're like oh yeah i did my good deed of of the week or the month now i don't have to think of anything else and in this case our union is doing it because it was called for by fea so i understand that and i understand why we need to do this do i feel like our protest was actually meaningful or successful not really but what I do think it was good for, it was good for bringing uh, like minds together. So there was a lot of people who I may have never met because I'm over at my particular uh, location. And because of that, I was able to meet some interesting characters, the retired teacher, the professor. I wouldn't have met these people without this protest. So in a, in a sense, it was successful if you treated it like a sort of a, what do we call these things? Like when you, when we meet people. Uh, for social business. gathering social yeah. gathering or something mm-hmm. if you thought of it as a social gathering it's successful but if you were thinking of it as something as to show that we're a powerful force absolutely not I it was just us chanting in the street yelling in the same echo chamber as we typically do what do you think Stephanie well my my interpretation of protest is I want to reach people that don't know what's going on I want to make them aware of some problems and ideally have media behind me. And for that reason, I uh, need to have a place that gets me heard with people that usually don't pay attention to me, Mm -hmm. right? So um, I I don't think we reach those people unless our media coverage was phenomenal. Uh, I think that uh, it's good as a gathering place, but we could have done that in a different fashion, having a barbecue together. That would have been great. Uh, yes, I'm which is a super now. idea. Uh, it's not bad, but we need to alert people from what they're about to lose. And I, I, my feeling is that a lot of teachers are not aware of what they're about to lose, and a lot of parents are not aware of what their children are about to lose. Was St. Pete the best place to have this? I think, I think it's a good question to have. And if it wasn't the best place to have it, or if this protest was actually not the best thing to have in the first place, I think... We should be just talking about why aren't we having barbecues? Why aren't we having these social gatherings with teachers? Well, I, I will say from from my perspective, I had I had nothing to do with the planning of this, even though it was like a PCTA, FEA co-sponsored thing. My 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 job, what I do for forty hours a week, is to 
teach children and grade their papers. So my my time is generally focused on that. I devote whatever extra time I have to this and, you know, stuff like trying to get our stickers made, you know, a couple of other things that I can kind of squeeze in plus my regular actual life. So what is that, Philip? It's mostly Space Force at this point. <laughs> Jim, 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 yeah. Jim. So, um, so the the handling of this protest. I mean, I feel it's a bit unfair for me to be so critical of it, but I, I do feel it is fair to be critical when necessary. I don't know why it was in downtown St. Pete, and I had asked originally. I said, "Why are you going to City Hall on a Saturday? There's nobody in that building, and City Hall has nothing to do with." with county teacher salaries and i didn't really get an answer for that i don't know why we were there richie floyd was there and he i mean he has been a uh, he's a city council person and he has been active with with tenants rights and and the out of control rent here so i mean there is something to be said for that um i don't think asking retired teachers to march down the street on like a 90 degree day on a saturday is a great idea. I mean, we have so few resources and so such little time to devote as as teachers that you know asking us to, to march around in the heat on a Saturday chanting essentially just the ducks in Mirror Lake. We have very little time left. Right. Senate Bill two five six had just been passed through the Senate. It will be going to the House soon to be consolidated, mm-hmm. and from there we'll see whether or not union literature can be passed around because that's the only thing left out of Senate bill 256 right. is that whether or not we can have union literature being passed around the workplace, which means we will be seeing a 60% threshold, which means yep. we will be seeing due deductions that will mm-hmm. be happening. They're going to take the deductions out of our pay stubs and we'll be forced to do a different method of collecting dues. You see what's going to happen here is once this bill gets passed, which is going to be effective immediately in June by January, 2024, we need to hit 60%. Right. Now, I can speak boastfully for PCTA for a second and say we might actually reach that number at the rate we're going right now. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. I don't want to be crossing my fingers. Yeah. I want to be certain That's that right. we are going to hit that number. So are we actually recruiting? Are we actually organizing? I want to say, I'm, I'm going to put it out here. My thinking is that a uh, majority of teachers doesn't even know what's at stake they don't know that anything is on the table once a union would not be around you know what we do this podcast to spread information you know Mm -hmm. to get people other teachers and other people in the community to to hear what's going on in the classroom what's going on in teachers lives and whatnot but i feel like there was not that many teachers let's be real now how many Mm -hmm. teachers were actually there there are significantly more teachers it's the same group our group who are there? We got a couple of ca- other characters. The professor, you know, the which was a, which was which right. was great. The first year All teacher education. Who are? But this is an this is a labor issue, and that's that's again, I'm I'm kind of beating a dead horse here, but that's my thing, you know. Again, being critical where it's necessary. I don't I, I don't know if uh, organizations like uh, FEA or NEA or AFT. I mean, how did how did Florida get this bad? If, and that, if that's we what had, I want to ask them. But if we, we had, ask them. if we had the 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 sort of support that is necessary 
in the first place that I don't know if Florida would have ever gotten this bad. Now, the other thing is I don't I don't want to say that I don't believe in demonstrations and I don't believe in rallies and shows. And I, I fully agree that if if the news captured it in a meaningful way and, and broadcast it, that is powerful. I mean, if certain people saw it, that is powerful. I mean, being there down on the ground, I don't know if that was the most important, best use of our time. Because exactly like you said, Brennan, we are pretty much out of time. So if you're out of time and you are just marching people around an empty lake in front of an empty government building that has nothing to do with teachers on a Saturday, asking teachers to spend their Saturday, asking retired teachers to walk around in the heat. I, I agree with Aziz. I would have rather have gone to like a barbecue or something. I would have rather, you know, if we're gonna march anywhere, and and it must be in St. Pete. Everything here is, you know, Pinellas County is not just this one city, which I know I live here. It's easy for me to do it, but yeah. Dunedin is also a good place. And <laughs> I know we do a lot of St. Pete High teachers here on this podcast, yeah. but I can also say there is a much grander scope of what we're talking totally. about here. And yep. yes, St. Pete High is 80% union. Yes, I can right. get a lot of active members from St. Pete High. It should not just be St. Pete High. This but is, that's basically what it is. It's right. just St. Pete High. And we, this is this is not an exclusionary clubhouse. It's just it just happens to be that we are available and we just kind of do this anyway. So continuing that that St. Pete centricity of being like, we're gonna have a big giant demonstration and we're not gonna do it mid county. We will never do anything north county. We're just gonna do it uh in front of St. Pete City Hall, a government establishment that has nothing to do with teacher salaries. Where the people mm. who are already gonna vote the way they vote are going to continue right. to do that. Yeah. We have to remember that the people in St. Pete do lean more towards labor and lean more towards the things exactly. that Tallahassee is against. Yeah. Why aren't we talking to the people and who are against us? That's why I think it was it was very cool to see those post office workers there. Because yeah. like that like was Aziz was saying, impressive. we are we are preaching to the echo chamber. St. Pete is the echo chamber. Teachers are the echo chamber. But we should have like representation of post office, sanitation, fire, police, police. because this is this is labor. This is a labor issue at mm -hmm. this point. I mean, the 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 way that the bill is written is is a direct attack on unions i mean we're not the only ones with a union yes seiu is trying to get just hospitality in general to be unionized this this has gotten beyond teachers because like i don't know this is this is a little secret i don't know if everybody here knows this nobody can afford to live here it's not just us but i already said this before with mike gandolfo uh there's nothing in the contract that says we can't have a tip jar so <laughs> I I'm going to put one up on Monday. Time. Thank That's you. It. Yeah. A tip for a math lesson. Hey, yeah. yes. How did I do? Give me yeah. a dollar. You know what? <laughs> you want extra tutoring? You know, pay me, pay me 10 bucks. But we need to continue the fight. Just because things are nihilistic and things are not looking good, we need to continue this fight. Because if not, teachers like the four of us, we're gone. And what are the students going to be left with? I think we're going to take a break here. And when we get back... We're going to hopefully lighten up the crowd with a little bit of a base toward, huh? How about that? Hey guys, it's Brennan. One of my goals moving into this podcast project was to have the voices of our listeners play an active role in sharing our message that unions, public schools, well, they're not going anywhere without a fight. And as we dive deeper into the themes of public education, teachers' unions, and political activism, we want to hear from you, our listeners. If you're a teacher, parent, even a member of the community, 
we extend an open invitation for you to send us a voice recording with your name, occupation, and why you're sticking with the union during these politically turbulent times. We love to play these recordings at the beginning of our episodes and share your thoughts with our listeners. You can send these recordings to PCTA Fire, that's F Y R E, pod at gmail.com. Additionally, we encourage you to write to your representative and advocate for teachers' unions and public education. You can easily locate your representative by visiting www.myfloridahouse.gov forward slash find your representative. Your voice can make a difference in supporting education and the future of our students. So take a moment to send us a voice clip and write to your representative. Let's work together to positively impact education for all. Hello there. If you support the podcast, you can now donate directly to us from the link in the description. You can donate 99 cents, 4.99, or 9.99 monthly. Your donation can help get me, Aziz, off the streets. Well, unfortunately, Aziz will always be on the streets. He yearns for the streets. But your support will go towards producing high-quality episodes just like the one you're listening to right now. Your support helps us keep gas in the tank, food on our tables, and our classrooms full of pencils and paper. We all know educators all over America are undervalued and underpaid. Help us, mooks like me, continue to bring recognition and a voice to education professionals. And we're back. Welcome back. Welcome back, guys. And we're going to do our base awards. Remember, base, it's a multi-tool. It either means something is agreeable or respectable. So you can say, that's pretty based. Or you could say, that's very based. All right, so my based award has to go out to the retired teachers that were out at the march today. Honestly, kudos to them. They should be with their grandkids at the beach drinking margaritas. Why are you walking in the hot sun for a career that you've retired from? But hey, kudos to them. Honestly, talking to the lady that we were talking to was really inspirational and I respect her for what she was doing. And she gave me a lot of details, a lot of facts that I wouldn't have known. So the retired teachers that came out today, kudos to you. You guys are incredibly based. (laughs) Well, I have a very based award. Based? Very based. (laughs) So we have three teachers, um, Dr. Adam, Philip, Belcastro, and I went to a gun prep training today. And we did so because we may have to handle a weapon at some point in time. We're not super weapon hungry, but we know we want to know how this thing works because it's part of our life apparently at school. And we did were good shots, by the way, all of us. I am I am not gun hungry, I, but I am like the Iron Giant. I will eat guns and and profess that I am not a gun. <laughs> <laughs> Um, my base award is actually one of the retired teachers as well. It might be the same one. Did you guys speak to Pat Reinhardt? Does that name sound familiar? Yeah. No, yeah, not, yeah. no, no. no. Reinhardt, not them. no. That was somebody you talked Well, yeah, I, yeah. I spoke. So my base award goes to one of the retired teachers. goes to Pat Reinhardt. Shout out to Pat Reinhardt uh, if you're out there. You are incredibly based. Not only for coming to the rally 
and supporting teachers. But also, we spent about 20 minutes talking about the Space Force. So again, yet another based award by me that is Space Force related. So I... (laughs) He will become a galactic marine. <laughs> if you manifest it, it will come. I am. I mean, I think it is happening. So these are these are actually two things that manifested and they kind of fell in my lap. So uh, naturally, I went to the the rally with my Space Force hat on that I'm wearing right now. It is part of my permanent attire. Will never. I will shower with this hat on from now on. <laughs> so <laughs> Pat was. She came up to me and she says, "Oh my God, are you in the Space Force?" And I was like, "Not yet." But um, but I'm aiming high, as high as the stratosphere. <laughs> and she says, oh, well, the reason I'm asking is because my son-in-law is a Air Force recruiter in Albany, Oregon. And I had just interviewed uh, for a teaching position. I submitted all of my paperwork to get a teaching license in Oregon. And I was like, tell me more. And she says, well, yeah, he's, he gets a lot of recruits who want to join Space Force. And, uh, and he says that, you know, well, she, she did say, well, he's old. He's 37. I'll be turning 36 in a few days. So <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Pat. But um, she says, yeah, well, if that was, he says that if that was around when he had, in, had first joined, he would have loved to have been in Space Force. It sounds so cool. And the, the guys who do join, they get sent to, uh, you know, whatever the main base is in Colorado that deals with all the, the satellite technology. And we were just we were just talking about Space Force and teaching, and uh, she gave me his contact info. So I'm gonna email this guy who is a Air Force and Space Force recruiter in Oregon, manifesting these two these two converging plot lines of my life right now. So <laughs> from teacher to Master Chief. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> If you understand this reference, you are based. (laughs) (laughs) I'm really, the the running joke also that Pickett keeps making is that I'm actually going to be like Tom Hanks and Saving Private Ryan, just (laughs) a a teacher who's too old to be uh, fighting, but I'm there anyway. (laughs) And he will die in Germany. Yeah, yeah, probably. (laughs) Let's not have that happen. (laughs) (laughs) All right, to end on me, I guess. My base award goes out once again to Tom Halleck and Julie Armstrong, my professors from USF, who pleasantly surprised me at the rally today. I saw them standing there. Me and Ramsey were looking for people to interview. And I was like, wait a minute. Those are my people. And I immediately ran over there. I was like, I love you guys so much. Even without me asking them, they are there to support teachers. Because as Tom would put it, he is someone who teaches teachers and he's here to support his students and infinite love to you, Tom, infinite love to you, Julie. I mean, they're some of my favorite professors and I, have, I don't think I've said this in the pod yet, but Tom is the reason why I'm married to Emily. We had a class together. We met each other there. So Tom's kind of matchmaker. Like, he's a matchmaker yeah. as well. So yeah. he's like, he's your Count Dooku and your Obi-Wan. Pretty much. If All we're right. going to go with a weird Star Wars reference. <laughs> I don't understand what you're trying to say. Did Count Dooku set up uh, Padme and Anakin? I don't think that was a Whoa, plot. not no. But basically, <laughs> basically, like, Count Dooku taught uh, Qui-Gon Jinn, and then who taught Obi-Wan. So basically, like, whoa. Okay. You know, there's that, like, relationship. Like, Count uh, Dooku's basically, like, Obi-Wan's grandfather. Do you know the meme with that that brain? And it's like, <laughs> yeah. this, what you just said was, like, the ultimate stage of, it's like, like yeah. brain cancer. <laughs> <laughs> Have you heard the tragedy of Darth Plagueis the Wise? Listen, if you want to start a separate Star Wars podcast, yeah, I'm, let's, I'm in. Let's I'm down. Go, let's yeah. go. <laughs> well, with all of this, I think we're going to head out now. Thank you again for listening to PCTA's Fire Podcast. I'm Brennan. I'm Count Dooku. I'm Obi-Wan. Stephanie Rozelle. No, you're Yoda. We, we- <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Speaking in riddles like Yoda. She's definitely Yoda. <laughs> Have a great day, guys. Bye-bye. Peace, peace. May the Force be with you. Hey, everyone. We would like to remind our listeners about important school board meetings taking place on March 21st and April 11th at 10 a.m., as well as a 5 p.m. meeting on April 25th. Remember, it's vital for teachers, parents, and community members to attend these meetings and advocate for public education. Your voice and presence can play a significant role in shaping the future of education and improving the lives of students in our community. We want to give a special thank you to Philip Belcastro for providing our theme music and Artifact for adding some great tracks into our intermissions. If you haven't already, be sure to check out Artifact's music at artifactjoints.bandcamp.com. We also want to express our gratitude to Radio St. Pete for airing our podcast, Jamie Beck, Brian Balton, Carla Correa, and Nancy Filardi, as well as all of our supporters in the education community. Your support and dedication has been instrumental to getting the word out and reaching new listeners. Well, that's all for today. I'm Brennan Pickett. You guys have a great day.